Welcome to this episode of Clarity Generates Confidence. We're here well into season five, shifting from defense to offense. And I can't think of a better person to have with me today, Dr. Tahir Mahood, who's a rheumatologist at the London Osteoporosis Clinic in London, England. And I've only met Tahir once, and I met him in person back in December of 2022. And something about him that day caught me that I said, you know, Tahir, I really want, I really like you being on the podcast. He agreed to, um, we've got a chance to do this now. And in reviewing some of the information, something that I really, really caught me, I always love big plans. And you've got this ambitious plan of eradicating bone weakening disease of osteoporosis by 2020. What an incredible thought process to go through. So Tahir, tell us a bit about yourself and thanks so much for joining us here today. Thank you, Gary. It's a real privilege to spend a few minutes with you. Yes, we met when you were coaching and it's an amazing experience and it's a privilege to spend a bit more time with you. Yeah, so I'm I'm a, a conventional physician, a rheumatologist. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in a variety of different hospitals and teaching hospitals otherwise. And I have a clinical practice where I see patients with osteoporosis, arthritis, and so on. Osteoporosis is this brittle bone condition that you touched upon. It's a common condition. And in our view, it's entirely preventable. And all the sort of disease and uh, or disability and suffering and early death and complications are wanton in, in our view. And so, so we have some thoughts about how we can look to collaborate and to really get to a place by 2040 where we eradicate this condition from the planet and things have recently been happening i wonder whether this might happen sooner but so that's sort of uh, an aspirational project it's a foundation so my day-to-day stuff is being a clinician i work in both the, the nhs setting the government setting and also privately i do some clinics at, in the shard it's a real privilege to be there in london so we see patients with osteoporosis and arthritic conditions, and then I have a role as a trustee and a founder of a Global Osteoporosis Foundation. And again, we'll, we'll we'll come back to that and maybe spend more time on this. And then my sort of other focus is really trying to be as optimal and help myself make better decisions continuously and continue this idea about growth, but the, the sort of physical and psychological and other sort of elements to that and really sort of focus on that and do it in a methodical and a sort of a detailed and a sort of supervised way, if you like. So as far as the clinic is concerned, we have one sort of approach, which is that we, again, we're very naive, very aspirational. So we have this idea that we want everyone to be have no symptoms. We're very simple. We're just, our world is very plus minus. And we only have one product, which is no symptoms. We, we aspire to no symptoms. It's just, a, it's an idea. And then if we have an idea, then we have to do small tangible things to gain confidence and trust and work our way towards that. So we want no symptoms. We want little or no drugs. We want to use a holistic approach. And ideally, we want to get to a place where there are no drugs and there are no doctors. And then then we're happy. We, we've got someone to a place of, you know, agency and strength and capability. So perhaps because of a, a, a variety of experiences that I've had or whatever, I'm happiest when people are really independent and growing and, you know, just contributing and, and appreciating. And, you know, that's sort of the perspective that I have. And so the foundation is something I've been struggling with for 15 plus years. And the idea is that, yes, people come to us and yes, we're very heroic and yes, they can be made better and yes, you know, lots of things can happen and then they don't need us anymore. But they've had that quite a costly journey to 
have all of that and they're accumulated disability or loss of capability and so on. So the, in an ideal world from our point of view would be that you never had the problem. So the solution is not having more doctors and lots of very meaning and all good stuff is to have no disease. <laughs> so that's yeah. that's the idea. Well, it, it, it is the idea. And there's an awful lot of discussion going on, a lot of work going on that yeah. saying that treating aging as an illness. And so not, not exactly what you are. So how do we treat illnesses? But I, I'm going to start at the end and then I'm going to come back to the beginning for you. One, yeah. you'll always be needed. You'll always be in demand. And the reason for that is, yes, people will be self-sufficient, but there'll always be new people. There'll always be a, a lack of understanding and there'll always be a lack of, of, of trust and confidence because old as I say, old habits die hard, but they do. You know, we still have diseases, we still have other things that have been around for a century or more when you think of all the information there. So what, don't worry about, just live long enough is that, that hopefully you see more people who can be more independent, but we'll still always come, they'll still always come back. Yeah, there's lots, lots to learn and share and to optimize and to help people achieve greater heights. So it's sort of, it's more, perhaps more uh, sort of, realizing more of your capability, you know, so spending time with you, you said, duh, 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 duh. there's a whole bunch of sort of refinements that you can have. Uh, and and therefore, now you can make a better decision, you can get more out of your, you know, you can be more productive, you can make a better contribution. So it's, it's sort of, you know, those sorts of things are, are, are never ending. And it's like, you know, they're just utter abundance. Think about that, there's also new connections. You know, when I started reading through yours, you know, conditions, assessment of treatment, inflammatory arthritis, osteoporosis, osteoarthritis, soft tissue inflammation, gout and lupus. And you kind of go, well, we talked specifically about osteoporosis, but yeah. there's going to be connections that need to be made. And we can only get to those connections when we get to a higher level, when we get to a level of being able to see how to eradicate one piece of it then something else yeah. will be connected and because uh, the body's i mean you're a doctor i'm not i'm i'm an engineer by training but that doesn't qualify me for very much it just means that there's so much there that we've got and and i look i look forward for first with you and your mind and that's what attracted me that you'll go down this silo as i'll call it on you know eradicating the bone weakening disease but on your journey an awful lot more is going to come into it which that, that's what i'm excited about to see what's going yeah, to yeah yeah absolutely because things that as you know organic systems have their incredible dynamism and there's a whole stack of stuff that happens it's such a you know incredible sort of opportunity to be on the planet to experience all the things the conversations that you have and the the new things that we can appreciate so yeah it, it's incredible yeah so i said i start at the end now i want to come yeah. back to the beginning what yeah. got you into this? You know, I always appreciate what motivates people. What got you into yeah. this in the first place? What, what got you so excited about this to hear? I was discussing this with one of my children because she's doing some exams at the moment. She's at school and doing biology. And uh, the reason why I went into medicine, I, in fact, I wanted to be a car mechanic because I, I sort of like cars. And I thought, and at school, I did an option where you did metal work. So you're making simple stuff. It was pretty rubbish. Some of my contraptions and technical drawing you know, this idea about being able to do graphics and stuff. So so that was, I was sort of interested in some of that sort of thing. But the reason why I think by chance I became a clinician is I'm fascinated by, you know, we all start off as a single cell. So, you know, you get the uh, the cell from your mom and you get the DNA from your dad and it becomes a single cell. And there's some really incredible things about that sort of very genesis of it all. And then from that, we become 37 odd trillion cells. And I'm like, you know, that's like mind-blowing complexity. And we know more and more about this. So, so really, I'm I'm just curious and like in a state of wow. 
that we are what we are and and the sort of whole focus in the clinic or otherwise or the this foundation is really to get people to wrestle their attention back onto themselves and help them appreciate how incredible they are how incredible we all are that you know we we have this complex array of sort of organs and systems and cells and so on so yeah so i, I it's sort of really being a bit curious and maybe a bit simple and wanting to just appreciate all of that's going on so from a single cell we become all these trillions of things and you know our brain is incredibly complex and the connections there are like you know i mean the numbers are just astounding so so yeah i think it was just curiosity and and then as i went along the system i think people just said well come and do this and come and do this and you know, you know how it is the sort of the universe sort of moves you in the direction that it needs you to go and all you got to do is be awake enough to appreciate what's going on. So I'm just in a state of appreciating to like be on the planet and have these experiences. So I think it's a little bit outside of us, but yeah, and and the whole series of sort of events, I um, mean, like having Nobel Prize winning mentors and guides, and you know, having you and Dan and others in my sort of experiences, you know, is, is, are the kind of influences that I have, and I feel very blessed to have those. I can see you on it. This is just an audio recording, but just the certainly the passion that you have for it is certainly infectious. And I will say you, you mentioned it, and I'm glad that you did, is that not everybody follows the path that could be laid out for them. And your willingness to go and, and have the curiosity and take that and, and go in that, again, not necessarily knowing where it was all going to take you, but yeah. following that energy, following that passion. And I'd, I'd say we are, we're grateful that you have, and I know a lot of other people are going to be as well with respect to that. I'm listening to the previous podcast. I think you said one in five men and one in two women will be yeah. impacted by osteoporosis or you know bone weakening. Those yeah. to me were outstanding numbers. And, and like, I mean, frightening numbers, I should put it that way. Why is that happening? Why, why is it in the population we've got that kind of degradation of our, our bone weakening? Why is it that happening? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, and it's good of you to have that real appreciation of the, what the, the scale and the enormity of all this is. So osteoporosis is weakening of bone. So what it defines as uh, if you were to fall from a sitting or a standing position, you might might break a bone. And so, so we may know people, you know, in our families, in our communities who might have had a fracture, might have fallen and broken a bone, or, or they might have lost height over time. Now, all of those things are abnormal. That's not the default position. We shouldn't be getting smaller and smaller as we get older. We shouldn't be having accumulating injuries. We shouldn't be having more and more fractures. If we're able to understand our biology and do some simple and gentle things to optimize things or to prevent injury, it's a multifactorial thing. but there are certainly some things that you know we can directly influence. So the reason why the numbers are high, and the numbers may be even higher if somebody has another medical condition. So for example, if they got another condition for which they're taking steroids or the other medicines or epilepsy or have a, another condition, inflammatory condition, be that arthritis or inflammatory bowel disease, asthma, so on. So if you have one of those conditions, your numbers are even higher. But the reason is that we have certain amount of bone and that changes over time, and we reach a peak mass, and then it stays steady for a while, and then a whole series of things lead to reduction in our bone mass over time. And then we get to a point where our strength isn't enough to even just carry our, our bodies around, and uh, you then end up having spontaneous fractures, or you have a fracture after a minimum trauma. So I've had patients who've just been taking something out of a closet, 
or leaned back and then fractured something or just doing something very simple. The actual impact of that is you have a fracture and then it gives you pain. Now, usually, and a lot of time that might recover. It may recover to a differing extent, but but then it's, it's you know, you're, you're recover. So for example, if you have a pain, a fracture in your back, you may have better pain, you may not have much pain, you will recover and you won't necessarily retain too much of what happened. And then you have another event and then you have another event. So what we do, we accumulate these things. The net effect is that this is all going on over time. And then we are going towards after a period of some years and decades to having a hip fracture and hip fracture is very consequential. So 10% of people won't survive the first month, 10% of people won't survive the next 11 months. So 20% of people have died in the first year, and then they can accumulate a whole bunch. So now all of that is entirely preventable in our view, because um, we can identify people at risk at a much early age, and then we can do some preventative things. So specifically what's contributing to osteoporosis, it's how much bone we have, how many other risk factors that we might have. And so one of the things that we're doing with the foundation is we have a questionnaire. So the main ask is on the foundation is there's a bit of information, do a questionnaire, which is tries to sort of give you a guide in terms of what your risk of future fracture might be. And then he suggests some things about nutrition, exercise, some other things, some other things that might be necessary to do with the help of your healthcare uh, providers or otherwise. And, and then if there is an issue there, we then look to get um, treatment and uh, reverse osteoporosis. So it is treatable and reversible, but obviously it's better never to have it in the first place. And so the factor that increase your risk of osteoporosis is really, you know, if we're living a long time, we um, have a number of injuries, we, our lifestyle may not be great, there may be a genetic issue, there may be a whole bunch of environmental factors. So so all of those things are not a mystery. So we know exactly all of these factors. We know how the the bone biology works. So there's a stack of interactions that can be brought to bear in a very sort of gentle and careful and systematic way that help us get our bones become stronger and stronger over uh, over a period of time. So so it is seriously high, but it's it's entirely preventable in our view. And and if you do have it, it's reversible. Okay. So I just want to say a couple of things. One, I have some personal experience. I had a compression fracture in my back when I was in my mid-20s from skiing. And I lost about half an inch of height just right. because the, the disc got pushed, you know, inside and everything else. And, and even today, which is quite a number of years later, I can, there's still a spot there that's, that's kind of sensitive, but we work through it. So I'm, it's something I need to be conscious of to strengthen, but also my mother-in-law, she's now since passed away, but she broke her pelvis and broke her hip both past the age of 89. She survived both of them. But again, they were falls. They weren't really traumatic falls. I mean, she was not a very big person at the end of her life. She, it just was one of those we could see that she was weakening over time and wasn't doing the things that we felt she could be done, but I didn't know that could be reversed or whatever. So certainly she was a survivor, but we the odds that we heard when she broke those, both the pelvis and her hip at separate times and a couple mm. a few years apart, the prognosis was not good for that. So, so my question is, what can we do? I mean, if we're aware of that and we've accepted that aging, we've accepted the fact that our that our bones will get more brittle. What can we start to do? You know, I'm I'm going to be 70 this year, so I still feel quite strong and virile and going. And I know you got some tips for me to go on, but what can people yeah. start doing at whatever age to begin to be conscious of the risk that they could suffer? Yeah, that's a great question. So 
the first thing to keep in mind is that our bones are changing and are metabolically dynamic regardless of the age that we are. So just as, you know, our nail nails growing, our hair is growing, our sort of, you know, other so we the skin's flaking off us. And it's only like a handful of days old, our hairs and nails are whatever. So our, our bones are changing all the time as well. And so everything that we do will have an impact on lots of things. And so so particularly if we can be careful about our nutrition, be careful about how much vitamin D we might have, some of the other elements that we might need, avoid some of the things like sugars and so on. The next big thing is really exercise and being active and safely active so that you're maintaining your muscle mass, doing things in a safe way, but you, you're, and if necessary, get some help and guidance. And then another sort of main thing, maybe just to be tested every so often. And the test might be just a questionnaire, for example, we have on our website, then other versions are available. And if uh, if you do pick up some risk factors or you, somebody in your family has issues, then it's worth getting screened. Maybe the questionnaire, maybe there's some other tests like DEXA scans. We can do other tests to see how much bone is being broken down, how much bone is being formed. So the detail with which we can assess these things is 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 pretty extensive and we can get really accurate information. And so if you have any sort of risk factors or any sort of concerns then to have a proper plan about you know, understanding the details of them, what are the secondary causes that are contributing to it, and then having a plan to reverse those and then to get the bones gently and carefully getting stronger and so on. So I think the starting position for all of that is just being, you know, this thing we touched on earlier, being curious about ourselves. And so we spend a lot of time getting everybody to wrestle their attentions back onto themselves because, you know, we're all, this is going on, that's going on, this needs my time, that needs my time, or there are other sort of things in the media, whatever. But the most incredible entity in the universe is going to be ourselves for us. So if we can invest a bit of time, a bit of effort in terms of our thinking, in terms of our sort of what we're eating, what we're doing, the company that we're keeping, that has dividends and that has an accumulated sort of effect over over time. So, so as long as people understand that wherever they are, that's where they are. But, you know, it can go up or it can go down or it can stay the same. Most biological systems, as you know, do not stay the same. Either you're gaining and you're growing or you're decaying and you're disappearing. So if you're proactive and have a sense of awe about yourself and then just read and understand and understand the biology, then then you know you will not need any persuading. You will come to this understanding of how incredible you are, what a gift it is to be ourselves. You know, so I'm making a bit of noise, going through a whole bunch of sort of systems and then it's getting to your end and you're able to put some meaning to it. I mean, that is awesome. The processes, the neurons, the connections, the learning and the, the biology, it's like way off the charts. So we don't need anything miraculous or clever. We are clever and miraculous every moment of our time on the planet. So yeah, so the, once you have one fracture, the future fractures goes up. So you, Gary, you, because you had the skiing accident and so on, so that's not an osteoporotic fracture. But it's worth being tested. And if you have anybody in your family, to sort of make sure that, you know, everybody's tested. You know, it's being proactive. It's sort of, you know, looking at the numbers and just sense checking what's going on and then always looking to slightly improve and slightly add to the to the quality and the and the and the strength that you might have. But you mentioned, you know, other members of the family having a fracture. So sadly my father in law had one fracture. And then your risk of future fracture goes up. So you get another you got another fracture. And then uh, unfortunately he's no longer around with us. But it is very accumulative. So if we can all be proactive, do the questionnaires or look at things on this subject. And then if there is an issue, get help. And then when you get help, 
be really clear what your output is. Because a lot of the time, the clinician might say, oh, take this, there isn't a plan, and then no one's tracking the plan. So the plan has to be, we want to understand the details of how severe it might be, osteoporosis, for example, and then a plan to reverse it, and then somebody tracking the plan. So we, we, we're taking this step, we're taking that step, it's moving in this direction. We have increasing confidence that we're moving in the right direction. So if there is an issue, then we can do something proactive to get it sorted. As I say, we've only met, you hadn't met, known me very well, but I decided back when I was about, well, in 60, I, I took my kids helicopter skiing. And so I had to be in shape to do that because I wasn't as, in much shape. And I committed that at 65, I wanted to be in better shape than I was at 60. And at 70, which is where I'm now, I want to be in better shape at 65. And so when I'm at 75, I want to be in better shape than I'm now at 70. So that's committed me. That's the mindset piece that you talked about. Yeah. And as a simple little thing, my wife and I started going to Pilates classes and on the reformer, and I'd never done this before. So yeah. I'm 69 years old and going to reform, going to Pilates class. They call they call us the cute old couple that go in there, you know, because all the younger people. But I found that really valuable. And again, going in and I mean, is this the kind of thing that's helpful just to go into something that's structured? It's not high impact and that sort of thing, but to help muscle and, you know, the body work that way. I, I felt better result of that. But those are the kind of things that people can do by taking those measured steps that you say that are not high-risk steps to take? So really, it's doing anything that interests you, because the first thing we have to do is just make it fun and engaging and like just, just part of flow. We don't want to make it heavy and overwhelming. And, you know, so if Pilates is you like, or, you know, that's fantastic. So the main thing with all of this is to be sort of doing some measures so you you know you know what your numbers are, what your sort of fitness level might be, what your muscle sort of mass might be, and then you you do some things and then you track it over time and you want to gain muscle. And if there is an issue already, then you want to just have some detailed understanding about that. If there you know if there's a problem, they've got to avoid. But if you're just somebody who's generally well and you want to be curious about doing stuff, yeah, anything you do and. And as long as you're avoiding injuries and you're making progress, you're getting a little bit stronger, your stamina is improving carefully. If you've got a bit of a guide or support, fantastic. If you have got an injury or there's some other things going on, then you might need some supervision or assessment to make sure you can safely do the different things that you're doing. But in the simplest way, it's basically to put on, we, we normally encourage people to put on weight. So, you know, one of our sort of measures is to, and that weight is a bit of muscle, doesn't have to be massive, just tiny amounts. But what that does is just rearranges your sort of whole sort of biology and degrees of that over time. So you're less likely to fall, you you have more core strength, you, you your posture improves, your, you know, your sort of whole sort of biology changes. And we've got some, some slides and I might share them with you actually too. So in our worldview, the the wellness is really anchored with the, with the muscle. So if we can improve the muscle function and there is a lot of biological interconnectivity between muscle and a whole bunch of other systems in the in the body. So if we can gently preserve muscle and then maybe just very carefully and in a very sort of straightforward way do that. So that's the what. And then how you do it is sort of, you know, any number of different ways that you, you do. If you have got an issue or you've got fractures in your spine, then you've got to be careful with not making too many movements of the spine. Because that increase, you know, you, you sort of you understand engineering and vectors and so on. So one or two degree change can have a big impact in terms of it multiplies the forces. So 
with, with that sort of stuff, you've got to be a bit cautious that you, you don't overdo stuff, you don't overstress things because that can risk fracture and progression. And if you already have an issue, then that can sort of add to it. So, and, and I think wherever possible, get a bit of guidance, a bit of bit of supervision. And if you're going to be just sort of your own, tracking your own sort of stuff, the main thing is just do things well within your capability, do them with a great deal of sort of intention and purpose, and you want to gain a little bit of sort of weight and muscle, and you want to just do it slowly over time. And biological systems respond very readily to demand. So it's a bit like gravity. So if I drop something, it's going to fall. Equally, if I exercise a muscle, it's going to get a fraction strong, stronger. And, and there are obviously lots of detailed techniques about how to get the most value out of least amount of effort, a bit of supervision and a bit of sort of support can help. And, you know, there may be some people you can uh, look to. We're actually producing some content ourselves. We, we're trying to do some, this is all, you know, it's all complimentary, some training sessions and videos. And, and I was thinking that maybe at some point we will have just a whole series of these things running all the time. And anybody from any time zone can log on at any time and have a live class. And it will just be for half an hour or something. Because it's not the time, it's the quality and the, and the sort of the, the details of what you're doing. And so we, we now have a class. It's open to everyone. It, it's a little bit too early a time for people in the U.S. and Canada. It's 9 a.m. on a Saturday. That's early. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're thinking of doing... Uh, that's, that's, like, that's like 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, okay. So. Yeah, yeah, 4 o'clock in the morning. No, it's, it's very, very too early. And sleep is very important, so we don't want to disturb anybody's no, sleep. No, we don't want to do that. There must be a whole bunch of other things. But the main thing is just to do a little, but have clear intentionality of what we're trying to achieve and then measure some small things. And then if there is an issue and so on, then, you know, get help. So one thing to bear in mind, you said you had some, you know, you had this fall and so on, obviously, you know, it was um, not an osteoporotic fracture, but I've got patients who are in their 20s, women, because when you have a baby, you lose bone. And that's a higher risk of getting fractures and back pain. And, you know, sometimes people have difficulty getting anyone to take them seriously or do the investigations to establish the diagnosis. So the main thing is if, you, if anybody has any symptom about anything, please go and see somebody and have this sort of simple idea. What is it? Can we come up with a nice, careful plan to minimize and reduce and eliminate the symptoms with least amount of treatment? And so if anybody has any symptoms, just, you know, make sure that, you know, you get, get the right advice rather than putting up with the symptoms. Well, we've just blown through 30 minutes so quickly. It's unbelievable. I mean, your, your energy and enthusiasm is amazing. And I totally remembered why I wanted to get you on. I just want to say that what you said, some things are really important. I'll just do a little recap. Is that get started and do things, what I'll call relatively simple, simply, but do it in a structured way and do it with support. As I said, I do Pilates, but I'm in a particular class. There's an instructor there. So they watch you go through that. I do training. I go through with a trainer. And so I don't, you know, I've been always conscious of trying to do those things. So you don't do it on your, on your own. And I think that's a, and the other thing that I really appreciate about what you said is just get started. It doesn't have to be three, four five times a week. It doesn't have to be all intense. Doing something is better than nothing and continuing to build the muscle and continuing to protect your, your, your whole bone structure. I think is something that's, you know, I, I felt, and uh, you've kind of reinforced that with me. And I'd say the other thing is, is look up Tahir's website. I think I'd just say, go, go search Dr. Tahir, T-A-H-E-R-M-A-H-M-U-D. Look up his website, all the information that's there, the things that you offer. And I'm excited by the direction you're going and what you're doing. And just to know that we all can do something about it, regardless of our age. I've never believed in inevitability, but also we don't have to accept that 
aging or whatever it is will bring along these other things that were there. So Tahir, thank you so much. Any last words? It's a real privilege to speak to you and I'm grateful to your audience for spending a few minutes on listening to this. So please really invest in yourself, spend a little bit of time being curious about you and absolutely your biology. At any one time, we've got trillions and trillions of transactions taking place in ourselves and so on. And every little thing that we do impacts that. So, you know, we have the potential to grow and to repair and to improve everything that we do. So really, wherever we are, that's where we are. Get started and, you know, get some support and guidance as you go along, form communities, you know, be parts of groups and so on. But, but just gently and carefully, but the most important person in the universe is yourself. And any investment that, you know, all of us can make in ourselves is a good investment. Awesome. To hear, thank you so much. And for everybody listening, I know this season is about shifting from defense to offense. Dr. Tahir was wonderful to say, we can begin to take a much more positive offense approach to our own health and by taking simple steps. So to all the audience out there, thank you very much for tuning in. Tahir, I'm sure we'll get you back again another time. And to everyone out there, until next time, please stay safe. And as we're thinking today, stay healthy.